Well, it's another great week here on Radio Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, and my name's Cody Fair. We're so glad to have you this week as we continue to move on in our series read as we look at the Sermon on the Mount. But first, we're going to do just like we do each and every week, and that's start off with just a little bit of worship. So to kick us off, here's Matt Marr with Hold Us Together. It don't have a job Don't pay your bills Won't buy you a home In Beverly Hills Won't fix your life In five easy steps
I try to hold on to this world With everything I have But I feel the weight of what it brings And the hurt that tries to grab The many trials that seem to never end His word declares this truth That we will enter in this rest With wonders anew But I hold on to this hope And the promise that he brings There will be a place with no more suffering There will be a day with no more tears No more pain and no more fears There will be a day when the burdens of this place will be Jesus face to face But until that day We'll hold on to you always I know the journey seems so long If you're walking on your own There has never been a step But you've walked down all alone Troubled soul, don't lose your heart Cause joy and peace he brings And the beauty that's in store How is the hurt of life's doing? But I hold on to this hope And the promise that he brings That there will be Place with no more suffering There will be a day With no more tears No more pain And no more fears There will be a day When the burdens of this place Will be no more We'll see Jesus face to face But I'm
finally, this week, here's Matthew West with Forgiveness. It's the hardest thing to give away And the last thing on your mind today It always goes to those who don't deserve It's the opposite of how you feel When the pain they cause is just too real Takes everything you have to say the word Forgiveness Forgiveness It flies in the face of all your pride Moves away the mad inside It's always anger's own worst enemy Even when the jury and the judge Say you got a right to hold a grudge It's the whisper in your ear Saying set it free Forgiveness of grace the prisoner that it really freezes you forgiveness
Hey, stick around because right after this break, we're going to be starting our new lesson called On the Offense as we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 26. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Crosspoint Church. Man, what a great opportunity it is to spend time with you here on Radio Elevate. What a great platform and opportunity that you have to share with your friends and your family the good news of the gospel brought to you by Elevate Student Ministries. Cody and the team have done a fantastic job leading you in this ministry. We're excited about what they're going to be able to do through Radio Elevate. I hope you enjoy it. I know I'm looking forward to it. Join with me as we listen together this new lesson on Radio Elevate. generation takes a lot of heat for being offended easily. You know, so often you'll hear that kids these days get offended at everything, and although there's probably a little bit of truth in that, I believe that every generation probably gets offended easily. Truth is, we all get offended when we hear something that we disagree with. It's sort of a natural reaction to get offended when somebody insults you. Now, I've always been a little confused why kids today take criticism for being offended when they're insulted. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. True, there are times that when we are in the wrong, we need to be set back on the right path. Remember this, though. If you're following along the path that God has set for you, there's no correction that is needed. Remember that the next time you're offended, and and think of this statement. Is someone's criticism of me biblically based? If the answer to your question is yes, maybe you should evaluate the criticism and take the opportunity to grow spiritually. If the answer is no, maybe you should practice forgiveness towards the critic. No matter which category this criticism here falls into, there's a large chance that a relationship could be drastically altered by someone's criticism of you. As we continue on in our series, Red, we look at the Sermon on the Mount, and I want you to remember this. You must be quick to forgive. Last week, we talked about murder and we talked about anger. This week, we're going to dive a little bit further into that subject as we discuss offenses and their impact on a relationship as well as the importance of reconciling a broken relationship quickly. Matthew chapter 5 verses 23 through 26 says, So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you're on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. 
Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to an officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. See, failing to be quick to offer forgiveness can truly fracture a relationship. So it's important that we reconcile and for, and offer forgiveness quickly. That's the whole premise, really, of what Jesus is teaching in these verses. And now that we're deep into the Sermon on the Mount, it's becoming more and more clear that Jesus' teaching is remaining consistent. Now, we referenced Matthew chapter 5, verse 7 last week and even studied it in whole when we were looking at the Beatitudes, and it said, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. You know, that alone is telling us that we need to be quick to forgive, but Jesus is going on to teach us here that when a wrong is committed, it doesn't matter whose fault it is, forgiveness just needs to come quick. That means that even if you're 100% in the right and nobody in this world, and I stress the term in this world, that would fault you for not offering forgiveness, that is when you need to offer forgiveness the most. Remember that being in the right sometimes is merely a matter of perspective. Have you ever focused on something with one eye? If you do this and point at something, one eye can have your finger pointing directly at that object. However, if you change which eye you're looking at the object through, then the object shifts. Now, that doesn't mean that whatever you were pointing at has moved. It just means that you were looking at the object from a different stance. The object is still there, no matter what. It's just your field of vision has moved slightly. That very well could be what someone else does when they offend you. They could be looking at something in a slightly different field of vision than you are. Here's where you have to ask this question. Is their field of vision in line with what Jesus teaches? That leaves us with two options here. We can either educate or we can ignore. But from last week, we know what the consequences of ignoring are. So no matter which choice you go with here, the, pre the prerequisite is that we must forgive. So why is it so important to forgive quickly? Well, first, we have to look at both our name and our reputation. Now, first off, I'm not saying here that we have to worry about what the world thinks of us as a Christian. I am saying, though, that if you do not live in a manner that gives you a solid and reputable reputation as a Christian, then you're opening up yourself to more and more arguments that will come your way that you will have the chance to get offended of and need to reconcile for. We have said it many times here in Elevate. Our hearts are sinful. We've called it selfish. We've called it needy. We've called it many things, but it's clear that it's simple. So we need a reputation of a sinner that is saved by grace, not a sinner that ignores the grace that God has offered. Do not call yourself a Christian and continue to live in a life of sin without struggle. It's important to reconcile quickly so that God's name is not practiced in vain. If we're not quick to forgive, then we're doing the exact opposite of what God is teaching us to do and what Jesus did himself to prove to us that he is who he said that he was. 
Getting offended is not necessarily sinful. Truth is, God gifted us with emotion so that we could get offended. And as we discussed last week, there comes a time when getting offended and getting angry are okay. But not getting over it? That is sinful, because it fills your heart with all types of negativity, and we'll have a little more on that here in just a few moments. So, to ensure that the teaching and example of Jesus is not taken in vain, we have to be quick to forgive. And forgiveness is not just a verbal, hey, I'm sorry. Forgiveness doesn't work that way. Forgiveness cannot be something that you say and check off the box and then move on to the next thing. Forgiveness has to come from a place that you're truly at peace with the wrong that has been done to you. Forgiveness and love, they really go hand in hand. Ask anybody that's married and they can give you story after story. You cannot say, I'm sorry, and then keep anger and contempt inside of you. Once you forgive, you truly have to let go, and the anger in both speech and action has to go away. That means not bringing it up, not bringing the past up, and if another wrong arises, you have to move on for it and not bring up the past. See, If you don't practice forgiveness and truly forgive, then your fractured relationship can affect your ability to worship God. As a matter of fact, Jesus teaches this clearly in these verses that we're studying today. Verse 24 says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. Now, remember here that Jesus is teaching this prior to him going to the cross. So the payment of sin is always death. And here it's in the form of a sacrifice. So why in the world would Jesus teach us to hold off on forgiving sin? It's simple. It takes away from the worship that God deserves. Your heart just really isn't into the worship. Have you ever done something while something else was just eating away at you? You are preoccupied with whatever is on your brain and not whatever task is at hand that needs to be done. Worship works in the exact same way. Have you ever tried to worship while you were angry? I would say that it's incredibly difficult, if not flat out impossible, to worship when you have anger in the front of your thinking. So if you're angry, especially at worship, think about how poorly that reflects God. Truthfully, Angry worship just doesn't glorify God at all. You can see that too. Angry worship is visible from seemingly miles away. It's so noticeable to others. Worshiping while there's anger in your heart simply sends the wrong signal to others. It sends a signal of half-hearted or half-in-and-out believing. And if you're not practicing that forgiveness, really You are kind of half in and half out because you're taking the focus off God and you're worshiping either yourself, the situation, or the offender. Now, how crazy is it here that if you don't practice forgiveness, you can actually end up worshiping the thing that is causing you the pain in the first place? Anger and both, uh, anger and worship both require energy and personal resources. So today I ask you, which one's it going to be? Anger or worship? 
are you going to put your energy towards? Think about it, and we'll be right back after this break. Hey, Radio Elevate. This is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry of Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. Not forgiving and keeping anger obviously has a negative effect on a relationship, and that goes for both you and your accuser. Failing to forgive is going to break a relationship that someone else has towards you. Now, here is the extension of that. You may very well be that glue that is holding a relationship between your accuser and God. When you fail to forgive, you're opening up more criticism to come your way. Now, sometimes that criticism may just be in vain and it may be unfair, but as much as we do not want to admit it, the criticism can be accurate when we're not practicing forgiveness. It affects you as well. When you have a broken relationship or there has been a wrong done against you, as hard as you might try, it weighs you down. This goes back to the last point we made about choosing which you're going to worship, God or anger. Until you come to terms with whatever wrong has been done to you, then your mind is going to be preoccupied with anger and negativity. Now, remember last week we discussed that vicious cycle of anger to contempt and back again until finally the anger turned into rage and eventually possibly even murder. When do we not forgive? We are expecting the same type of loss because we are murdering our positive thoughts with the negativity of a sinful situation. Now, negativity is dangerous. Truthfully, I don't think that we give enough credit to credit to just how dangerous negativity really is. See, it can be what opens the door to Satan and sin. Now that statement's incredibly simple, but it's incredibly true. Negativity can act as the genesis of destroying a godly relationship in your life. So why are we so stubborn and slow to forgive and we're so quick and fast to anger? Well, it goes back to that sinful heart again. We just want justice. We're really sort of programmed to want justice. When somebody does something bad, we think that they should be punished. I mean, it's definitely the correct way to parent. It teaches consequences for your actions. It's accurate when we're talking about employment, because if you do something wrong or deceiving towards your employer, then you're going to have to send, uh, they're going to have to send you out the door without a paycheck. We even expect it in society. You do the crime, you got to pay the time. Relationships and spirituality just does not work that way. It works a little bit differently. When a friend does a wrong towards you, it's best to just forgive. To not forgive them is both selfish 
and ungodly. Now, by no means do I want to say that forgiveness is going to come easy. I understand completely that this lesson is very easy to teach, but very difficult to practice. Our emotions get in the way of doing what is right in this situation, but to be less sinful and more like God, you have to practice this forgiveness. You have to be unselfish. Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 22 says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Not even seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. I don't even think Jesus is teaching us here that 78 is the magical number that we have to quit forgiving at. Jesus is just simply telling us to not quit forgiving. And that's so hard because we're so selfish with forgiveness. Our hearts tell us someone sinned against me. Someone has wronged me. Remember, we all sinned against Jesus, and he did not take a me stance. He took a forgiveness stance. Now, we talked a ton about the importance of forgiveness, but how do I extend that forgiveness? Well, to do so, you have to engage in open, honest, and heartfelt communication. Maybe you even have to bring up the wrong done to you because someone doesn't know that they've wronged you. And know this too, it's okay to set boundaries in a relationship as long as those boundaries are not sinful. Keep in consideration that their hearts are just as sinful as yours. And remember that forgiveness may just come and eat a little bit easier that way. God loves the offender towards you as much as he loves you. So lastly, when it comes to forgiving Lean on your prayer time. Pray for you and pray for your heart and pray for the debtor and your debtor's heart. If you cannot take whatever situation is bothering you to prayer for God's advice and God's movement in your heart, then your heart will never truly forgive. So today I ask you to look into your past for just a minute. Is there a relationship that has broken down because you and your heart has not allowed forgiveness in it? Did you cut ties in a relationship because you could not find any forgiveness in your heart? Pray over that today. Pray for your debtor. Pray for their life. Pray for your heart and pray for your forgiveness. Maybe you have every right to be angry. And maybe you have every right to be angry at someone or something. And maybe it's best for you to put a boundary between your life and theirs. But forgive them anyway. Let them know that you do forgive them. That doesn't mean you have to start and maintain a relationship with them. Maybe your paths and lives just aren't meant to be intertwined. But do let them know that you forgive them. At the very least, it will take a load off of your heart, and it will not weigh you down, and it will not weigh down your worship anymore. And for all you know, it could do the exact same for them. Hey Radio Elevate, this is Matt, worship pastor here at Cross Point Church. I hope you're enjoying this lesson. I want to give you an opportunity to give to Radio Elevate, a ministry 
Elevate Student Ministries of Cross Point Church. You can text the word GIVE to 423-467-5311. That's 423-467-5311. And you can become a partner with Radio Elevate. Enjoy this lesson. What should you do when someone hurts you deeply? In this video, I'm gonna give you three ways that you can offer forgiveness to someone that's deeply offended you and sinned against you. Hey everyone, I'm Mark from applygodsword.com, a place where we apply the Bible to your life. If you're new to this channel and you haven't subscribed yet, I would love for you to hit that subscribe button before this video is over. We're posting new videos every single week all about Christian singleness, relationships, and really anything that you wanna know, I try to offer a biblical perspective. The first thing that you're gonna want to remember, if you're in a situation where someone has hurt you deeply and you know that as a Christian, you're called to forgive them, but you're struggling to do that, is that the first thing you're gonna wanna remember is that forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. A lot of times people struggle with the commandment to forgive everyone who's sinned against you just as God has forgiven us, is because it feels like we're just sweeping someone's sin under the rug and they're just getting off and you know we just have to pretend like that didn't happen but we're deeply hurt. So that seems um, more hurtful to us just to say, oh, I forgive you. Well, the reality is, as a Christian, you are called to forgive every single offense that happens to you, no matter how bad it is, but you're not called to be reconciled to every single person that hurts you in a damaging way. The difference between reconciliation and forgiveness is that forgiveness is when you're no longer holding the debt against that person, especially in the spiritual sense where you believe that that person should be condemned for their sins against you. Forgiveness is saying, I forgive you and I I, I release you of the penalty that you rightfully deserve to pay. Reconciliation is very different in that it's when a, a relationship is restored to what it once was before the offense occurred. So if two people are reconciled, which is good and biblical, and that should always be the goal if possible, reconciliation would mean that you guys go back to having the same relationship or uh, working towards that same relationship that, uh, that you had before the sin and offense occurred. So in the Bible, you're not called to be reconciled to everyone that sins against you. You're supposed to be reconciled when possible, but you are called to forgive all the time. In some ways, it would actually be extremely unbiblical to try to be reconciled with somebody who's hurt you. For example, in Matthew 18, when you go through the three steps that you're supposed to go through when another uh brother or sister in Christ sins against you. You're supposed to go to that person one-on-one. Then you go with a, a two or three witnesses, and then you bring it to the church. And then in part three, when that person still doesn't repent, it says you're supposed to treat them like an unbeliever. And in the Bible, you know, you're not supposed to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. So in that passage, it's actually saying, if you if you the the relationship can't be restored don't try to force reconciliation it's unhelpful to be reconciled with a rebel like god 
doesn't just say, it's okay, come into my presence in your sin, and no matter what, um, I'm just going to let you in. He pays for that uh, sin with the blood of Jesus Christ. So even though you can offer forgiveness to every single person in your heart because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that doesn't mean that you have to um, have the restored relationship again. And in, in extreme cases where something criminal happened or something abusive happened, God's not saying, hey, allow yourself to be abused again or hey, don't report that crime to the police. That's unbiblical. But even when something terrible like that happens, as Christians, God's called us to forgive that attacker, but that doesn't mean you need to be reconciled and act like that couldn't happen again. We're still called to guard our heart, as it says in Proverbs 4.23. The second way that you can offer forgiveness to someone who's hurt you deeply is through your faith in God. Ultimately, we are unable to offer this amazing grace to people because when God's not in the picture and when we're not living from the grace of Jesus Christ, we act like normal humans. And normal humans, at our best, just can do what's fair. That's what the, the best uh, of humanity is, is fairness. And scripturally and biblically, Christians are called to treat people better than fair. We're not just call to say, hey, you know, you deserve this, you deserve that, and just offer justice, we're actually called to treat people better than they deserve. Why? Because we're image bearers of God, and that's what he does to us. So the only way you're really going to be able to offer forgiveness to, to someone who doesn't deserve that forgiveness is through your faith in God. The more faith you have in God, the more you're going to be reflecting his character. And when you reflect God's character, you're going to be able to offer people things they don't deserve, like this lavish forgiveness. For example, in 1 John 2, verses 4 through 6, it says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep the commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way as Jesus Christ. So when we truly have faith in God and we know God, it's going to be reflected in our actions. And as God has forgiven us, now through the grace of Jesus Christ, we, for, we can forgive others. And finally, point three, very similar to point two, but this one's more of a practical thing to see how God forgives us. How does he do it? God forgives us, not just because he loves us, not just because he wants us to be in his presence. Ultimately, God forgives us because of Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Again, God didn't just say, hey, I love you so much, I'm just going to let it go, or I'm just going to sweep your sin under the rug, or I'm just going to turn a blind eye. He says, I love you so much, I'm going to send my son to pay the price that you cannot pay on your own. And so when God forgives us, he looks at the cross of Christ and say, I forgive you, not because you deserve it, but because Jesus Christ deserves that you should be forgiven because of his sacrifice. Jesus deserves for you to forgive the person that has wronged you. We owe it not to the person that has wronged us. We owe it to God and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ to forgive those because that's why he came. Jesus didn't just come to set us free 
from our own sin, he came to set us free from the bondage of being unforgiving. One of the, the, the most important things, if you want to be free in your heart, is not only to receive forgiveness from God and from others, but to also offer that forgiveness to those who've wronged us. And without the sacrifice of Christ, we couldn't do that. But when we look at the cross and say, you know what? That person who wronged me doesn't deserve my forgiveness. They deserve to pay for what they've done to me. But Jesus Christ took that person's penalty so that God could put the righteousness of Christ onto that person. And he did the same thing for us. He put our unrighteousness on Jesus so that he could put Jesus's righteousness on us. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. So in summary, the only way you're really going to be able to forgive someone who's hurt you and wounded you deeply is by looking at the cross of Christ and realizing the sacrifice of Christ is more than enough to pay for this person's debt. Well, I'm Mark from ApplyGodsWord.com. Again, don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. I'd love for you to join what the Lord is doing here on the AGW channel. Thanks so much for watching and God bless. Well, thank you so much for joining us this week here on Radio Elevate. And thank you to the guys at Apply God's Words YouTube channel as they help us understand just a little bit more about forgiveness and what forgiveness is really about. Hey, until next time, my name's Cody Fair. I'm with Cross Point Church out of Jonesboro, Tennessee and Elevate Youth Ministry. And hey, don't forget, if we hadn't mentioned it already, we've got a big cookout coming July 12th if you're grades 7 through 12 and you're a parent of a 7th to 12th grader and want to come hang out with us and find out more about what Elevate Youth Ministry is all about, come out and hang out with us. we got burgers, we got dogs, we got a good time. Until next week, we'll see you then. Thank you so much. Have a great week.